Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today. Having this in-season tournament, we're trying to win. Go big or go home. Uh, get your game face on. Uh, I need a seat on that throne. Uh, go. The stage is set. We're just trying to get to Vegas. Let's go. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Andrea Carter, filling in for the wonderful Malika Andrews. I'm joined here by our superstar senior writer, Ramona Shelburne, our do-it-all analyst and reporter that's all over everywhere, Roz Goldham-Woody, and the one and only, our insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. Our Hall of Famer, Mark Spears, will join us in just a few minutes, but we have so much to get into today, thanks in part to the in-season tournament. The <laughs> knockout round officially starts in just over four hours. So let's run you through the matchups. Those games are today and tomorrow. So we're going to work backwards here because potentially the biggest matchup tomorrow is with the Suns visiting the Lakers. The Lakers have beaten the Suns twice this year behind fourth quarter comebacks, but Devin Booker missed both games. So keep that in mind. Also tomorrow, the Knicks and the Bucks will meet in another group play rematch. Giannis has had no trouble, y'all, with the Knicks in his career, going 26-8 and against them, his second most wins against any opponent. Again, those games are tomorrow. But for tonight, the Pelicans and the Kings will play for the third time in the last couple of weeks after the Pelicans swept a pair of games in New Orleans in late November. That is sure to be a good one. And the first matchup to get everything started tonight will feature a contrast of strengths between the Pacers' league-leading offense and the 15-4 Celtics' second-best defense, strength on strength. So here is a look at the entire bracket, starting with the quarterfinals, hosted by the higher-seeded teams. Again, that is tonight and tomorrow. The winners of each game will advance to the semifinals Thursday in Las Vegas before the championship game, which will be Saturday on ABC. So, Woj, we're going to dive deeper into the game tonight between the Celtics and the Pacers. Kristaps Porzingis, he had an injury 11 days ago. He's missed the last three games. What's the status on the Celtics, big man? Well, he'll miss his fourth straight game tonight uh, with that right calf strain, but I'm told there's optimism that Porzingis uh, will be back this week, barring any setbacks. And, you know, that could be potentially Thursday in a semifinal game in Vegas if Boston advances uh, tonight. He was on the bike during practice today uh, in India or during shoot around in Indiana. And so he's got a couple more days uh, to progress with that calf strain. But optimism, you know, he could be back as soon as the Celtics' next game after they play Indiana tonight. Yeah, I'm sure, sure Celtics fans hope they take care of business against the Pacers for so that he can join the team for the later matchups. But going to the Pacers specifically, Tyrese Halliburton, he did not play Saturday due to an illness. So what is his status for the game? 
I'm told Halliburton really is determined to try and play tonight against Boston. He's had an upper respiratory um, uh, illness. You know, it was really knocked him off his feet earlier this weekend, missed the Miami game, which, you know, his team won without him. Uh, we'll know closer to game time on Tyrese Halliburton, uh, but certainly if they want to have a chance to advance uh, to Vegas, you know, against the Boston team that's determined to get there, you know, they're going to probably need Halliburton tonight. We'll know closer to tip whether he can go. But again, I'm told he's very determined to do so if yeah, he can. He is a major piece of that high-powered offense. Let's take a look at the odds as far as the in-season tournament goes. According to ESPN Bet, the Celtics, they have the shortest odds to win the tournament at plus 300, followed closely by the Bucks at plus 325. Then it's three West teams that are close in odds with the Kings at plus 500, the Lakers at plus 550, and the Suns at plus 600. So, Ramona, I'm going to come to you. Where's that Knicks money? I'm going to go. Listen, listen. I'm going to come to you. Celtics, the best odds. Do they deserve to have that? They deserve to have the best odds. But I was talking to Jason Tatum about this game and about this tournament because we all came into the season going, are guys going to take this seriously? Is this going to matter? It absolutely matters. He said to me, this is the biggest test we have had so far. And the fact that it's on the road is actually better for them because it locks you in more. This game is in Indiana. Tatum said, you know, we, we have a good record. We have, a, we have the best record right now, but we aren't even playing well. We're not sharing the ball like we need to. We're not playing at the level we need to be at. And so this tournament, in a lot of ways, they see it as something that can help sharpen their, their way that they play because they're not at the level that they think that they need to get to to win it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that they have been able to depend on and that they can is their defense, which is, you know, anchored by this backcourt and a dynamic duo defensively in Derek White yeah. and Drew and Drew Holiday and the two of them together because first of all Woj we have as you mentioned Tyrese Halliburton we got to see his health we got to see how he feels coming off of that respiratory issue and how his lungs and body feel but if he's there in this high-flying Pacers offense they're gonna have to go through Drew Holiday and Derek White these are two guards that are top 10 guards and shot blocking they're players that are not afraid to do the work to keep a player in front of them move their feet. They have quick, strong hands to swipe down on the ball or to come up for that block. Uh, we've already seen that Derek White is committed to being a nuisance defensively. And then Drew Holiday, his ability to uh, use his strength as, as a way to defend and also show versatility as a defender using his lower body strength. I've actually talked to him about the work he does from the waist down, even to the strength of his toes, mm. to help him use strength as a base defensively. And that's why you see him defend multiple positions. You know, listen, there's value, I think, for every team who's yep. advancing in this tournament. You talk to executives, coaches, players. You know, each, each team's situation is a little different. But what this is going to give Boston potentially is a pressure situation yep. before the playoffs. Number one, to see, you know, as they integrate Chris Depps, Porzingis, and Holiday, you know, into this team who hasn't played with this group in the postseason for Joe Mazzula and a new staff together to make adjustments, to, yep. to experiment as they're going here deeper into a tournament. But I think, you know, you look at it like, use the example of a college team in the Maui Classic or UConn last season in the Nike event in Portland. You know, they won that event. They played in a tournament atmosphere. And it's not the end of the world if you lose it. But there's some galvanizing. There's some confidence that comes with how you react to that kind of pressure situation. Connecticut goes on, wins a national championship. I think that's the value you see in this is at a time of the year where we wouldn't necessarily even be paying attention to the games, there are going to be a lot of eyes on Vegas. There are going to be a lot of, uh, uh, I would say, repercussions, but people are going to judge 
the winning and the losing. I think that's a good thing, and it's a very good thing for this Boston team that is trying to get over the hump. Last year it would be to get to the NBA Finals. This year, obviously, their goal is to win it all. Yeah, and the Celtics are definitely top 10 in offensive efficiency, top two in defensive efficiency. So we'll see if they can put all of those pieces together. And we're going to add our Hall of Famer, Mark Spears, into the conversation here. Mark, what specific matchups are you watching closely the next two days? I'm looking forward to seeing Zion versus the Kings tonight. I I was in New Orleans during Thanksgiving week. And you know the Pelicans, they had turkey and they had the oyster dressing. But they didn't have gumbo. They had two servings of Sacramento Kings stew. They, they beat up on the Kings twice. And the main guy I saw, thought was Zion Williamson. He scored 25 and a half points per game. He made 22 of 32 shots. Didn't miss any threes. And he also had, uh, you know, three and a half assists. Um, they have no answer for him. Keegan Murray's back. Maybe he could help. Uh, they're in Sacramento, but tonight uh, with C.J. McCollum back, with Trey Murphy back, uh, I, I think it's even even easier for Zion. So I'm, I'm really worried about the Kings uh, trying to keep Zion from scoring. And if they can't, you know, New Orleans is going to be in Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys know how many times Tyrese Halliburton has played on national TV? How many times? All career. In his in whole NBA. It, once. In the NBA. It's, it's probably one. not that many. Last week, right? That's the one I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton and Drew Holiday, one of the best offensive guards in this in the league this year, averaging 27 points, 12 assists a game. His, his stat lines the last couple weeks have been eye popping. And then Drew Holiday, who is a defensive stopper, you know, he'll be matched up with him for most of this game. And as you mentioned, Woj, Halliburton's been sick. It's going to be hard for him to have his win the way he does. I think he's going to be all right. Right, you get in that game, the blood starts flowing. Yeah. The competition is on your own home court, and this is the only the second national TV game this man has ever played in. Come on. So are you and giving that, it to Halliburton? You're, you're giving it to Halliburton? No, let's see the Celtics. Oh, I was just trying to box him. Trying to box him. That's what I'm No, you just said who you want to see. Yeah, but you guys also spent a lot of time talking about yeah. how valuable this tournament is for the Celtics. Yep. I want to talk. I've also spoken with uh, the, the Pacer side coaches, under, understanding hearing from their players as well. This is super important for them. Yeah. You know, they're, this is helping the Celtics prepare maybe for June. There are teams that are ab- absolutely real Contenders. The Pacers may not be there yet, but this is something real and tangible that they can win and hold on to. This is something that gave them urgency in the beginning of the season, uh, an advanced opportunity to have game uh, playoff-like situations, um, chances to concentrate on execution and what that takes and looks like to be a high-level team. This was very useful for them. They're taking this very seriously if they have the opportunity to win. Mind you, it's not a seven-game series. It's one game, and anyone in the NBA can get up for that. They plan on hauling it to Vegas, getting there early, making the most of the time and this opportunity. Oh, getting to Vegas early? That's hard, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But I think, though, for Indiana, you're right. You look at all the teams that are remaining in this tournament. This can give Indiana some legitimacy. This isn't a team that necessarily we thought would be a playoff team this season. I think all the others remaining, you expected that. But it certainly gives some validation to kind of the direction this young team is going. And obviously they're doing that behind Tyrese Halliburton. No, No one's excited for LeBron 
and KD. That too. No one's okay. excited right. for LeBron right. and KD. That that matchup oh. is definitely the one that I have my eye on. Last time those two met, they combined for 70 points. You're right. I, I yeah. thought we were only talking about tonight's games. No, all, out of all four. Out of all, the right. entire I mean, maybe make slate. a choice. So yeah, you're right. I've seen clear. this one before. You <laughs> could have made that more clear. But every time we <laughs> see this one, it has been golden. These two players going at it. Ross, I'll let you speak to this one. You've seen it a couple times. Look, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, those two are ball players. We were so stuck on this thought of, like, who's the uh, point guard? And they're playmakers. They make the right decisions. They're both clutch. They're both the savants. They're both smart. Um, and they're both unstoppable. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, again, Devin Booker did not play in the first two matchups. Right. The Lakers won the first two matchups. The first game they won by five. The second game they won by three. So I think that one is definitely going to be excited. But we have a lot more to come. Speaking of things that are exciting, the Suns turning up the heat with Booker and KD on the court, just like I talked about. Are we witnessing the birth of the newest, most explosive duo in the league? Plus, last year's lesson from Miami was don't judge the heat by regular season stats alone. But is this 11-9 heat team looking hotter than last year's finals squad? And when you come at the king, you best not miss. Ramona's got exclusive on the Lakers' reaction to the courtside clash. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today. No games last night, but we had 12 games in the association on Saturday. Let's go coast-to-coast, coast. starting in the West. The Golden State Warriors blew another 20-point lead as the Clippers beat them across the street Saturday, 113-112. to Harden, Kawhi, and PG all had 20-plus points and over five assists. Roz, are the Clippers starting to meet expectations? I think they're on the way. Just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about a lack of energy from them. In this game, Paul George, Kawhi, Harden all showing emotion and fight. They're on their way. Clippers fans love to see it. Moving on to Dallas, where the Thunder beat the Mavs 126-120. to 120. OKC won the game despite the Mavericks going on a 30-0 run in the fourth quarter. The longest run. Longest run since 97-98, according to Elias Ramona. Are the Thunder, despite the run, are the Thunder contenders? I think they are. I mean, it's maybe a year before we thought they would get there, but they're fourth in offensive rating, sixth in defensive rating, best three-point shooting team in the league. Thunder are rolling and... 
from Dallas to Phoenix, where the Suns took down the Grizzlies 116-109. The Suns improved to 12-0 when Booker and Durant combined for 60-plus points, including the playoffs. Roz, are they the most dangerous duo in the league? Yeah, they're right there because not only are they putting up the statistics and the numbers and stuffing the stat sheet, they already have significant game winners and they make everyone around them better. Big time players and back to L.A. where the Lakers beat the Rockets 107-97. But the story of the game was the altercation between LeBron and Rockets head coach Ime Udoka. Udoka was ejected after receiving his second technical of the night. Here was LeBron after the game. <clears throat> Speaking of tax, what were you and uh, MA talking about? Uh, Thanksgiving. How much we enjoyed Thanksgiving. To kind of get punked by a team that's not known for physicality or punking people is not a good sign. Mm. So that's what LeBron and Ime said post-game. But Ramona, <laughs> what is the Lakers' reaction to this altercation? Okay, so I've known Darvin Ham a long time, since he was a player in this league. And now he's a coach, and I have not heard him respond to a situation like this since he was a player. When he was on the Pistons, on the bad boy Pistons, with the enforcer mentality. Because it, the, the language that Ime Odoka seems to have used towards LeBron James included the B word. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that is not something you say to LeBron James. And LeBron said something back to him, and Darvin Ham essentially said to me... Um, <laughs> Something I I have to have it a little censored here on television here. Uh, there's no where there's no crying b words here. <laughs> Tell them Saginaw said so. Yeah. Now Darvin Ham is from Saginaw. Yep. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is his best player. Yeah. When you come at his best player like that, there is a there is a reaction, and I think everyone in the Lakers kind of knew what was said, but I, when the audio of some of that got around on social media and it was going yep. viral yesterday, um, it was uh, that landed. So there's going to be there's going to be some things said between these two teams for years to come. Yeah, and we just had Mark Spears with us. Mark, I'm going to go to you. You've seen a lot in your time. You've heard a lot in your time. Are you surprised that Darvin Ham had that to say? <laughs> Nah, I, I've seen Saginaw strong <laughs> close up at the end. I was, yeah. We got libations, me and Darvin, one time at a Oakland downtown, <laughs> Oakland watering hole. He wanted to listen to some hip hop, and this like five nine dude kept messing with him, talking trash to him, pestering him, and Darvin kept telling him to leave him alone. He didn't, so Darvin grabbed the man up like Lion King, <laughs> oh and my he God. held him up in the air for like thirty seconds. <laughs> And he looked the man oh in the gosh. eyes and he said, are you done? Are you going to stop now? And the whole bar like shut down. The music stopped everything. Whoa. And then Darvin brought him down, let the man go, and he, he ran out and took off. And I haven't seen the guy since. <laughs> so I, I've seen Saginaw Strong close at hand. Let Whoa. me tell you right now. I would never mess with Darvin Ham. And he's definitely a yeah. coach that is someone that has the back of his players. He's notorious for that. So in my role of reporting, I often will run into coaches, especially of less experienced teams, young teams, that have literally told me, that will tell me they are trying to embody the swagger, the demeanor, uh, the tone that they need their younger players to have and don't yet know how to enforce that. I actually see that in Ime. I see Ime wanting to have this team yep. have a tough mindset. However, the way that interaction went down between a player and coach on the court, 
I don't see that often, and language is so important. Again, this is all alleged, too, but the, the language use seems to have both sides feeling very disrespectful. And then while anyone can get it, it's also the king. Um, I also looked at these two men who, you know, are not even that separated in age, and I just was like, the whole thing was jarring. So, nothing lighthearted about it. So on one hand, I absolutely understand that Ime might want to um, insert this kind of strength into his team, but I felt like the manner of it was weird. I mean, you might say he poked the bear, right? That's Dylan Brooks on his team now. Oh, yeah? He's, Ime Udoka's trying to change the character of his team. He's trying to change this franchise. This has been a franchise that has been perpetually in the lottery, has not had much to speak of since James Harden played there. And I understand that toughness is, it, you, the coach brings the toughness, right? So the coach can bring the attitude. Um, but there was some words used that obviously the coach was aware of, that Darvin Ham was aware of, that he did not like being said to his player. And I think it's sort of what Roz is talking about. There's player-to-player -player interactions, yep. and then there's coach-to-coach -coach interactions. But there's very rarely opposing coach to opposing player and almost never opposing coach to LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah. shows where LeBron is just as far as players go. Right. Like sometimes right. he's like a coach. He's like the coach on the floor. The language being disrespectful might be problematic, but on the other hand, I'm looking at E-Man, I'm like, all right, if he's trying to change the culture, you got to shake him up. Yeah. you got to shake him up. And maybe you got to come right at the king's head to let your team know we're not coming here to be the nice guys from Houston. Yeah. Speaking of shake them up, I think the best <laughs> moment was Mark with the basketball. Uh, that's that's yeah. been the best moment so far. Saginaw strong. Uh, shaking, shaking, that was crazy. shaking everything up. There's yeah. still plenty more to be shaken up on NBA today. Jokic continues his MVP level play. Can any team truly challenge the Nuggets with Jokic performing at such an elite level? Plus, the Warriors let another huge lead slip through their fingers. We'll give you the biggest reason for the Dubs dip, and we're also gonna look back at group play from the in-season tournament with top of the top. You won't wanna miss seeing who made this list. Don't go anywhere. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. To be honest, I'm playing this way since I started playing basketball. What is your goal for your career? Everybody loves playing NBA. When I was little, I just play video games and I drink coke. That was my life. I really couldn't do a push-up. Then I started working out, working out, working out. I drink the last coke on the airplane coming to America. Jokic can do everything. I always think someone is better than me. Just by that mentality, I'm going to be underdog always. 
Nikola Jokic, this year's most valuable player. It's up. Oh, it's good. Of course it goes in. An incredible performance for the man they call Joker. At last, the long wait is over. The Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. Welcome back to NBA Today. Nikola Jokic continued his stellar play this weekend after dishing out 16 assists in a win over the Suns on Friday. Jokic tallied his league-leading eighth triple-double, posting a ho-hum 13, 36-14-13 as a shorthanded Nuggets team fell to the Kings. And I just want to take a minute and make sure everyone lets this stat soak in. Nikola Jokic leads the NBA in total points, Rebounds and assists. Yes, he is the outright leader in all three categories, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. Jokic is the first player in NBA history to top all three of these stats at any point in December or beyond. Ramona, yeah, you're shaking your head, right? It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Is this the best Nikola Jokic we have seen? Yes, and he's going to keep getting better. Mm. I mean, this is uh, like you, okay. Producer Jaron texted me last night this stat, right? And, and I go, "What do you think?" And I and I said, "Wait, is that right? Is that right?" So I asked a couple of the Nuggets assistant coaches, and they had the same reaction I did. Wait, are you sure he's leading the league in total points, rebounds, and assists? Yeah, it's I unbelievable. Mean, like like one didn't believe me at first; had to look it up himself. The other said, "You know what? He is squarely in his prime, and he is." better than last year because he has the confidence and the experience from having won it all. I mean, what is he doing that he hasn't done in the three years he's either been first or second in the MVP voting? Scoring a little bit more. I mean, his MVP seasons, he was 26, 27 a game. He's 29 this year. He almost, he's almost averaging a triple-double this year. I mean, that, we're, we're in a completely different territory if he does that. But he's going to keep getting better because he has the type of game that evolves. That's, I mean, he's, I don't want to insult him by saying it's an old man game, but he doesn't rely on athleticism. He doesn't rely on that type of play to be as good as he is. Yeah. Yeah. As he ages, we're going to see more of this. Yeah. And for me, you know, my focus is not even is it, is it his best season, but more on just how important his production is for this team in this moment right now, especially with Jamal Murray had missed all those games. Yep. There were a couple that Aaron Gordon was out. This Nuggets team also is hopeful that young players will make bigger jumps. Christian Braun, Strawthers even out there getting minutes. So his contributions, improvement, domination absolutely is so needed right now. And he's stepping up in that way. You know, we often make jokes about Jokic that, oh, he, he's, he just wants to do horse racing or <laughs> he's on know, the farm. He's on the farm. This, I've, I've covered a number of Nuggets game. This man is a leader in his example, in his consistency, in his domination, in his improvement, in that huddle. We've seen a number of times him being vocal and stepping up in his understanding of asserting himself in winning time. Jokic is that guy, and he's like showing us he's getting better. Yeah, and what you said about his importance to the team plays perfectly into my question to Mark. Mark, if Jokic can keep this up, do you see anyone that can beat the Nuggets in a seven-game series? Well, you need Murray to be healthy as well, right? But, hey, I'm not sleeping on them Phoenix Suns, man. Look, (laughs) Kevin Durant's missed two games, right? Booker's missed nine, but Bradley Beal has missed 17 with a back injury. You talked earlier about how dynamic this 
Beal, um, duo could, I mean, uh, that KD and Book could be, but what will they be with Beal? Uh, they'll be like the 17, 18 Warriors when Durant was there. I think they're going to be extremely scary offensively. Um, and I, I, they just need Bill to get healthy. So we haven't seen what it's like. And until Bill gets back, which I'm hearing could be soon, I'm not going to count the Suns out in this. I want to see him healthy. They got a guy named Nurkic who obviously knows. Not going to stop Joker, but he played with him in Denver. He knows him a little bit. But that trio is going to be one of the most special trios scoring-wise in NBA history. So until I see them play at full strength, I'm not going to crown the Nuggets again just yet. Yeah, that trio is definitely dangerous. The thing about the Nuggets is they've done it together, they've done it before, and they just did it. It's not like they did it a long time <laughs> right, ago. Right, right, right. I think he's better defensively, too. Okay. I know people talk about his offense and the stats jump up. But that, Mark mentioned the Phoenix Suns. They played the other night, and Nurkic had 31 on him. But at the end of the game, it was one of the best defensive plays I've seen Jokic make. He just anticipated Nurkic's spin move, drew a flagrant foul. So it was an and it was a shot, two shots and the ball. And just the game, a close game was over. Yeah. Like to, for him to have that level of recognition of where Nurkic was going to turn, that's a high, that's next level defensive IQ that we haven't necessarily talked about or seen from him. Getting better and better. It is definitely a scary thought. And Nikola Jokic, his dominance has unsurprisingly started to raise the question on if he can claim his third MVP trophy. But what is shocking is odd makers, they don't think the race is close at all. Already, Jokic is the clear favorite at plus 150. Luka Doncic has the second best odds to claim the MVP, but he is well behind the Joker with five to one odds. So we're going to take a look at Aaron's angle with ESPN betting analyst Aaron Dolan. Aaron, what is your impression of the MVP market right now with Jokic playing the way he is? Well, it makes sense that Jokic is the favorite of plus 150, but does that mean you should necessarily go bet this number? I don't think so. I think at some point during the season, you might be able to get a better price. And here's why. So last season, we saw Embiid win it. He entered the season plus 650. And then midseason, he got all the way to 22 to 1. And then he ended up winning the award. We know that this is a long season. There's ebbs and flows. There's health and availability issues. Not to mention, you wouldn't want to bet something in the futures market 20 games in at plus 150. You want a better line than that. So I think you should hold tight, wait out on Jokic. That's what I would bet on. Bet on waiting on Jokic a little bit because Luka Doncic did pass him not too long ago, only for three days, but it still did move his odds back. See some other players. Maybe you want to take a flyer on Jason Tatum. Maybe you want to take a flyer on Giannis. But at plus 150, I cannot advise anybody to bet into the MVP market at that price. Well, Aaron, while we have you and we're talking about the markets, what's your best bet on tonight's quarterfinal slate? All right, so Celtics Pacers. We got to talk about the Pacers. These guys, they, they can't stop anybody. They're 16 and 2 to the over this season, which is absolutely insane. Their defensive rating is a historic worst in the league right now. And I do expect Jason Tatum to be really good in this spot. I like him over 29 and a half points. He's hit over this mark in five straight games against the Pacers, averaging 33 points per game in that five game stretch. We know last game he was ejected. He might be a little bit fired up here, but this is going to come down to that Pacers defense, okay? They just, again, 
again, they cannot stop anybody. Worst defensive rating in the league. Yes, they can shoot lights out too, so I expect this to be a fast-paced style game. Lots of points, more specifically for Jason Tatum to go over 29 and a half. Well, Aaron, thank you so much. You hold it down for us as always. Hold out on Jokic for now, people. But <laughs> speaking of Nikola Jokic, the reigning champs are in L.A. to go up against the Clippers Wednesday night. Our great Roz will be there at 10 Eastern. That will be the second game of our doubleheader as Victor Wimbanyama and the Spurs take on the first place Timberwolves at 7.30 Eastern. Coverage tips. Well, I with, like that one. And you like that one? I like any game Victor's in, though. You know what? You're right. Coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. And coming up, we're going to talk Warriors. They blew another huge lead on the road. The biggest issue in the Bay. What is it and how do the Warriors need to adjust? That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are going to carry on forever. It's V Week at ESPN when we partner with the V Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research. This is game-changing research that helps save lives. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. The Golden State Warriors are having a rough go as of late. On Saturday, the Dubs blew their second 20-point lead of the week, this time courtesy of the Los Angeles Clippers. The Warriors led for 47 minutes and 11 seconds and still lost the game, their second most time leading in a loss under Steve Kerr. Here's Kerr after the game. I was really pleased with the way we played. Um, you know, they got a talented team and to me it felt like we deserved to win tonight we took care of the ball we kept them off the foul line we showed poise when they made their runs uh, so this one hurts this was a clean game that we played our guys brought spirit effort energy um, so I like this version of our team this is the team I expect going forward but no question that this this hurts the Warriors have now blown two of their four largest leads in the last decade under Steve Kerr in the last week after blowing a 22-point lead Saturday against the Clippers and losing a 24-point lead in Tuesday's in-season tournament game against the Kings. We welcome in our Hall of Famer, of course, Mark J. Spears. Mark, what's been the biggest issue for the Dubs this season? Offense. If, if the Warriors were an old Motown group, they'd be called Stephen Curry and the Miracles right now. <laughs> Stephen Curry is averaging dang near 30 points a game, right? But who else is coming with him? Right. Last season, the Warriors had four, three players that averaged over 20. Clay, <clears throat> Steph, Jordan Poole. Remember Jordan Poole? Even Wiggins averaged 17. Now, Steph is the only player on the team averaging over 16. Clay's not even averaging 17. Poole's averaging, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Wiggins is averaging 12. Look, the divorce was needed with Jordan Poole, but the Warriors never replaced his scoring. They miss his scoring sorely. Maybe they need to go to Moses Moody, giving him a chance. He's looked great lately. Wiggins was starting to come around, and then he got his finger stuck in a, a door and messed up his hand. But it's just been Clay's up and down, too much inconsistent <laughs> scoring. Too much on Stephen Curry. 
it's time for Dunley to either, either do something or, or hope that, you know, these miracles do happen with Steph because right now offensively it's, it's too much to put on number 30. Yeah, Mark, and I think in addition to that, there's also some, like, mental and cultural hurdles that the Warriors want to try to get over. I think right now they have to fight to not normalize this stretch. They've got to fight for defining the identity that they want to have this season. You know, they don't want to internalize being a team that gives up big leads. They don't want to internalize being a team that can't defend without fouling, that makes untimely mistakes and errors. The big key coming into this season, in all of my conversations with the Warriors players and staff, they wanted to be a team that was not dysfunctional. And they started that way, 6-2 and two to start the season, and then they spiraled into absurdity. It started with chokehold suspensions and then untimely injuries. Then you've got Wiggins putting his hand in a, in a car door. Like, it's just absurd the way this all piled up for them. And you've got to fight against that. They don't want to be a team that is dysfunctional out here. And then another thing, you know, the, the way the pressure we see in Clay Thompson having to answer questions yeah. mm-hmm. about who he is as his yeah. former self and in general the entire Warriors team they don't want to be haunted by past success. You've got to free yourself of that. You don't want to be held hostage by it and ha- allow it to put weight and shoulders on you. So I think this is a critical moment for the Warriors to, to fight for who they want to be. And yet, I was at that game on Saturday, and you see a team that just lost two – they just blew two 20-point leads. 24 points against the Kings, 20, 22 points against the Clippers. And, and they were happy. They were like – I thought I was going to walk into that locker room and it was going to be quiet and nobody's going to eat the post-game food. Right. And it was like Steve Kerr had a smile on his face. His mom was there. Like, everybody was, everybody was a good. Draymond grabbed the mic and was having a long talk in front of the media. Because I think they've seen some things the last couple of games that are encouraging. And it's, it's strange, okay? But Dario Sarge might be starting. Right, Dario Sarge is out there as a spacer, and it looks different when he's out there. That means Kevon Looney goes to the bench, but it's a different kind of lineup there. Moses Moody, as as Mark yeah. mentions, playing been, been playing absolutely great. I mean, Steve Kerr said he's one of the most professional players I've ever been around. Draymond Green said he's earned every minute. So I think they see the makings of what that identity and culture that you're talking about is. It's just not translating to wins yet. But when you see it and you feel it, and Draymond Green is the is really good at articulating this, like. When I watch the Warriors, and I've seen them for years, right? You, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. You, you cover them day in and day out. When you watch them, when do they look like the Warriors? When they're moving the ball, when they're not dribbling, going. pace and yep. space. When they're going, Draymond grabs the defensive rebound, gets out in space. He's doing that. And I asked him about it the other day, and he said, yeah, that's on me. I missed nine games, and I'm the one that gives us that pace. Yep. So the other guys who are learning to play like us, they haven't seen that because I haven't been there. Well, when Warriors teams are championship caliber or have won championships, yep. their offense was high-flying, but they they were also very good defensively. Thinking the same thing. Also, it's hard to compare it to the past Warriors, right? Because high-flying, balls moving, shots going up. Sometimes they turn it over and make mistakes, but they could make up for it. They don't have the same margin of error. In fact, one thing that's really important in this early segment of the season so far, availability matters for the Warriors. So injuries piling up, suspensions, players being missing. They don't have the margin for that. Everyone who is good and that they count on needs to be there. And even then, it's not the same. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes when teams are confident after things yeah. go left, I'm a little like, uh, I'm a little weary. Like, is this misguided but confidence? this is a team that's won four titles. Exactly. Right, so they're, yeah. they're laying the foundation for that confidence to kind of get them where they yeah. need to go. So we'll see if the Warriors <laughs> can put the pieces together and kind of turn this season around. But still to come, we've learned 
The Heat can't be counted out based on their early season records. Kind of like maybe what the Warriors are feeling a little bit. So is this 11-9 Heat squad showing we could be in for a stronger postseason? Jimmy Butler has thoughts next on NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. The Indiana Pacers scored 144 points in a win over Miami. All that without star guard Tyrese Halliburton. Indiana is still on pace to have the best offense in NBA history. They also have the second worst defense right now. As for the Heat, how does Jimmy Butler feel about his team? We stand right where we don't want to be, which is very mediocre. Not good, not bad, not great, not any of those things. It's just mediocre. When you talk about our offense, it's been mediocre. You talk about our defense, it's been mediocre. Um, so that's the word that I would use. Clearly, Jimmy Butler thinks there's room for improvement. Through 20 <laughs> games, Miami is 11-9. and nine. That's two games better than they were a year ago at this time. So if last year taught us anything, you can't judge the Heat solely on the regular season record. So, Mark, is this Heat team better than last year's finals team? No. <laughs> Straight like that. No. Uh, look, there's no gay Vincent. Was he replaced? No, Matt Struess. Was he replaced? I guess maybe with Hakez, solid rookie. You also don't have Udonis Haslam on their bench anymore, patrolling, pushing guys up, helping get the best out of them. They didn't get Lillard. They didn't get Holiday. And in their pursuit of Lillard, they also didn't get Kelly Oubre, who I would heard was set to go there. And before he got in an uh, accident, he was averaging 16 points a game. So, no, I, I think this is a, a Heat team that, you know, they need to do something. I mean, they, they won 9 of 10, and now they've lost 4 or 5. Yeah. So you're up, and then you're down, and Demi's feeling down right now. But it's because they're not playing defense. And they've given up 126 points a game during this five-game stretch. That's not going to win you very many games. Yeah, no. You know who I have enjoyed watching, though? It's Bam. Um, you know, every time I speak with Eric Spolster, he says, Bam Adebayo, he improves every season. So it's on brand for him to be playing at this level. Over the course of his career with the Heat, he's been asked to be leaned on more and more offensively. And he's been able to add to his toolkit. This is somebody who this season is averaging a career high in field goal attempts and points per game. So he's absolutely stepping up. But don't forget, this is also the guy on defense. I watched him against the Bucks, up against Damian Lillard. He literally is staying in front of Dame, keeping him, locking him up, and then rotates over to defend Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think in the same possession. And I'm looking at two of the greats positionally, and Bam is right there with them defensively. So this guy has such motor on both ends. It's nuts. Yeah, motor and versatility. We yeah. love to see it. He, what, what, what happened? What Mark? I said that duo still needs help. Yeah. They need more help. Yeah, Mark, you've been on fire today. Yeah. yeah. No, Mark is on, Mark. Mark has been straight to it all day. We we have bring it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Are you done? Like Are you done? Adjustment right there. That's my Darwin invitation. That's my Darwin invitation. Tell him Saginaw said so. Oh. Tell him Saginaw sent you for uh, sure. We have seen big plays uh, from Mark today, from Bam, all season long. And coming up before the in-season tournament, knockout round starts tonight. We're going to see who made our list of the hottest hoop highlights from the tournament's group play in a special edition 
of Top of the Top. Add Mark to Top of the Top, <laughs> please. <laughs>
I cannot wait. Quick picks? Anyone? 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 Uh, come on, let's just go with LeBron. Why not? LeBron? Celtics. Celtics? Lakers, Celtics? All right, you come go with on. Celtics. Jason Bucks. Tatum. Bucks? Celtics? LeBron? Who you got? Who you got? Jason I'm not Tatum taking them out. Oh, Thanks for joining. <laughs> <laughs> that was sneaky. That was All they got to do is win three games.